It's time to renew your mind, yeah, it's time. It's hard to focus on what lies in front of you if you're always looking behind. Do you want truth? Maybe clarity. The raw talent podcast is out here changing lives. The day I went from dark to light, and it's the same day I came to life. And you can too. Welcome to the raw talent podcast. And here's your host, Dave Talent. Welcome as we talk about today, standing on the strong side. Now, for me, I've always have to ask this question, you know, where do I stand? Where do I stand in life? Where do I stand in my faith? Where do I stand in relationships? Where do I stand when it comes to my country, the country I love? Like, where do I stand? Where do I stand on political issues and things like that? And we're not going to do a deep dive in anything political today, but we are going to get loud and clear. We're going to get real and raw about some stuff. Because I do believe that at a certain point in our country, we are going to have to make a decision where we stand. If we want our country to continue going forward, we're going to have to make a stand in what we believe and where, we, where we're going. I believe that that choice is probably coming sooner than we expect. But I believe that we're going to have to decide where we stand. Now, it's interesting because if you were to watch the chaos around us, I'm going to try to boil it down in some basic ways for us, to keep it very simple. Because again, I don't have a lot of time today. So for me, it's very simple. I try to have a couple frames in mind when I'm looking at things in the world. If I'm looking at those things, I like to frame it in one of these two ways. The first way is divide and conquer. We know that if anybody's trying to divide and conquer, right, one of the definitions is that, hey, it's a strategy keep people under control, to get people fighting among themselves, to keep arguing amongst themselves so they can never unite. They can never unite to achieve their aims. And therefore, the leaders stay in control. So it's one way of maintaining control. Another frame that I like to use is that ultimately, there are forces that are trying to tear down this great country. They're trying to keep us arguing and quarreling so that we don't pay attention so that eventually they can tear down our country, the United States of America. How does that happen for me? It's pretty simple. They have to go after the Constitution of the United States. To keep it very simple, they have to go after things like the First Amendment. They have to go after our ability to have freedom of speech. Or they need to create enough chaos around the ability to speak freely. For example, in regards to my faith, you can have a grown man, scantily dressed, doing a striptease or a a pole dance on a cross mocking Jesus Christ. That can happen. And that's freedom of expression. However, if we say anything negative about any community, all of a sudden we're racist, we're sexist or bigots, whatever. But no, Jesus Christ can get mocked freely, at will, no issues, no repercussions. So again, they go after our speech. It's pretty crazy when you think about it, but some of the things, you know, I don't even get into the pronoun discussion, but again, it's one thing to be able to be free and express yourself in any way. Totally agree with that. Matter of fact, I support and defend the Constitution when it comes to that. However, 
the issues become when you start to force people to see things that are not necessarily factual or, or against their against their own rights, against their own beliefs. And so I don't go down a rabbit hole today. What I would encourage you to do, I just heard the other day, I saw this news. This was on the news. This wasn't some crazy person on YouTube, some TikTok video. No, this was on the news. This was being reported. This person was sitting there being interviewed by a news anchor or whatever. And this person literally said that math is racist. So here we go. One more thing that happens to be racist. Math is racist. And then she says something interesting. She says, why can't 2 plus 2 equal 5? Why can't 2 plus 2 equal 5? Now, this is a going against everything we've ever taught, right? We've ever been taught in school. But if you don't have some depth of knowledge, you would miss it. I would lead you, I would highly advocate that you go watch the movie 1984 or read the book 1984 by George Orwell. And there is a scene in that movie where this person's being tortured, and during that torture, they're being forced to, to agree that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Against their conscience, against their logical mind, against everything they've been taught about when it comes to math and science, they're being forced and tortured into saying and believing that 2 plus 2 equals 5. And the ultimate end of the thing is that this man loves Big Brother. And that he has to get, he's obeying the system at that point. But again, we skip, if we don't have a depth of knowledge, we, we, we don't see the insanity that's being thrown at us when it goes after our freedom of expression and the way we think and our language. And in the movie, they're all about changing the language, new dictionaries, changing the language. So if you, if you were to look at all the chaos in our world around that, you would see it's going after the First Amendment. The Second Amendment's an easy one. We don't need to go down that path today. They just need the, the second one protects the first. All right. They need if you look at any country around the world that ever had gun control, they took over the populace and then they murdered their people in the millions. They murdered people. That's where we get the word purge. It's not some Hollywood movie. There, there were purges. So you take the guns away and then you purge. So that's an easy one. And then they have to go after the Fourth Amendment, the right to privacy, the right to property, the right to personal property, and that's where it's interesting. So there's a lot of people out there, for example, standing and in, in, in standing in the space of, for example, defund the police, right? I can understand if, if it's a group of people that are angry at the police, I get it. Like I'm not, we can have this debate, we could, we could, we could argue, we could have that debate. Totally understand it. But you have to go beyond that, and then you start investigating who are these people speaking? What is their background? And when you do a little bit of investigation, it's not hard, it's not long before you find a video where they're smiling and they're all happy about saying they're a trained Marxist. Now again, I think the average attention span for hashtags and, and headlines on the internet, I think is like eight seconds. Don't quote me on that, but it's very short. The attention span for anybody searching and scrolling is very short. So that's why hashtags work. So if you don't go beyond the hashtag, you would never know that this person is proudly a trained Marxist. And then you have to say, well, if um, again, I'm playing a little bit stupid right now. Ask the question. I, I, what is a trained Marxist? And you realize, okay, it's somebody that studies Marxism or somebody, this guy named Karl Marx. In other words, a communist. Loud and clear, communist. 
So then you have to ask yourself, do I really want to listen to this person that supports communism? Right? When I have plenty of examples around the world, especially into the 19th century, I can go back into the 19th century and see how successful or unsuccessful those attempts were and what they do to their people over time. And of course, the, the folks in power, they get to do everything. And the folks that are not in power, they have to support the state in the system. And one of the ways they do that is they take away private property. Your right to a vehicle, your right to your house, your right to land, your right to a farm, your right to farming. So if you look at everything going on right now, there's another frame. You can look at that. That's another area. All the chaos they're trying to attack. But ultimately, ultimately, they're trying to divide us. And they divide us by so many different things. So many different things, right? They divide us by our faith. We're, we're, we're Christians or not Christians and all our different faiths. Atheist and not. They divide us by male and female. Toxic masculinity, the patriarchy. But again, these are the same people that are trained Marxists are saying a lot of this. What's their ultimate goal? Like, what is the ultimate goal to divide us? What is the ultimate goal? Conquer and control. And who around the world would love to conquer and control the American citizens? America. The United States of America. Who would, who would like to destroy America? Man, that's a really easy answer. Go figure. We, we can figure that one out pretty quick. Even some of our leaders of the past said that the only way you'll ever get to America is to attack us from within. Not from without, not from outside our borders. Attack us from within. And this is for all the men and women in my life. We know from practical experience, from day to day, we're not worried about those issues. We just want to go to work. We want to take care of our families. We want to raise our children. We want to go to the movies. We want to go to entertainment. We want to go to travel. We don't want somebody yelling in our ear all the time, toxic masculinity, whatever. What it leads to is tearing down the home. What it leads to is tearing down the family unit. I just, again, do your own research on fatherlessness and the absence of fathers in the home. Do your own research. The suicide rates, the juvenile delinquency, all the issues surrounding when a father is not in the home. I believe, based on training knowledge and experience, and based on, we're going to talk about triangulation again, about coming from the last podcast, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? That when you triangulate, you can find truth. From all my experiences, I think the most powerful union is the union of masculine and feminine energy, both in nature, in relationships, in the workforce, in professions. It's even in, even in individuals is tapping into that masculine and feminine energy, balancing it in equilibrium and getting to 1618, right? The 1.618 spiral the ratio when you when you combine those energies it spirals exponentially and you align with the creator's plan for creation when you balance those energies out you align with the creator's plan for creation creation happens when you take masculine and feminine energy and you expand and you grow according to the ratio of 1.618 that's my training knowledge and experience that's my experience in life i've seen four children come into this world and it was because of masculine and feminine energy. That's science. It's backed by science. That's reality. That's truth. Now, again, if other people want to live different, that's cool. We live in America. I love America. Right? Live differently. But what I'm advocating is we don't force other people 
to think a certain way, and we don't force people to think that 2 plus 2 equals 5. They try to divide us by male and female, tall and skinny, tall and short, fat and skinny. They try everywhere they can, they try to divide us. Hell, they even did it in the last three years, vaccinated and unvaccinated. Of course, the unvaccinated were mocked, taunted. Hell, they were called smucks. They were evil. They were causing the spread. I think at one point, the, the, remember we talked about in the last, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We talked about the mainstream media, media being fake news. They said, I remember an article, hey, you get the vaccine and the virus stops with the vaccine. The virus is over. You stops. That's what the, we'll never get an apology from that news anchor, but that was an abundant lie. It was an abundant falsehood. People with the vaccine got the virus. People with the vaccine got COVID. People with boosters got COVID. Matter of fact, people with the vaccines, some of those people died. But the unvaccinated were taunted. They were discredited. They were mocked. They were made to feel lesser. They were, they were made to feel like they were the problem. And we find out now, all lies. But again, it falls into the model of divide and conquer. And the final one is the easy one, right? This is the easy one. We all know it. It's the racial division, the narrative, the nonstop narrative that we've got problems when it comes to racism in America. Now, at no point in this podcast am I discrediting anybody's experience with racism or the civil rights movement back in the 60s and 70s. At no point am I discrediting anybody's experience. I'll bring this around to what I'm explaining in a second. If we're going to talk about slavery, for example, let's have the conversation. It's not an American problem. It was not a uniquely American problem. It was a global problem in the world since the beginning of time. All we have to go to is the good book, the God's Word, the Bible, to realize that Israel was slaves to Egypt. It wasn't a uniquely American problem. America did have the problem, and then eventually they solved the problem. And then they solved the problem through proclamation, but they also solved the problem through our Constitution. So our Constitution provided the framework to course correct and to continue to grow and expand, and it still does that. But again, I can hear those arguments. I can hear those. What I I have a hard time is the nonstop narrative. Because if you believe the nonstop narrative, you would think that there is a white supremacist on every freaking corner of the United States of America. And that's not factual and that's not true. So I can only, again, I, I remember in the last podcast, I said, what is truth? We'll say, what are the facts? What is truth? So we have to get into truth. And the way I get to truth is I triangulate. So I can triangulate with my training, knowledge, and experience. In the first place that I was confronted with this topic was in the Marine Corps. And the interesting thing in the Marine Corps, this is how we framed it. We were just different shades of green. Let me say that again. Different shades of green. Marine Corps, green. So if I had two Marines with the last name Smith or Jones, Smith, let's just say we're going to describe Smith. I could say, hey, it's the light green Smith or no, it's the dark green Smith. It was simply a way of identifying who a Marine was. We were different shades of green. But more importantly, might have been a light, a light green Marine or a dark green Marine. We were still, this is the key part of this, still Marines. 
The bottom line is we were Marines, and no matter what, if we went into harm's way with the mission and vision in hand, and we went into harm's way, and our brother or our sister was in harm's way, and they were hurt, we would risk our lives and go above and beyond to make sure our fellow Marine, our brother or our sister, whether they're light green or dark green, doesn't matter, they're Marines, gets back to safety and gets back home, even if it's on their shield. And you had the confidence as a Marine that they would do the same for you. Because one, we were Marines, but more importantly, we were Americans. We were Americans. I've had the same experience in law enforcement for 20 plus years. Of course there's racism. Of course it shows up. Is it systemic? Is it, is it oppressive? Who knows? I've seen it on both sides of the equation. I've seen human beings be racist. I've seen victims be racist, witnesses be racist, suspects, criminals, and yes, there's cops out there as well. Heck, we've been required to go to training where we talk about bias, implicit bias, explicit bias. We, we go to those trainings and we realize that everybody has it. But that's not the important part. See, the important part is what we represent. So we come to our flag, and of course there's people that think that the thin blue flag is oppressive, it's racist, it's this, it's whatever. And they can have their opinion, cool. But when you start demanding that it's taken down, now we have a problem. See, they, we can't express ourselves, but they can express themselves at will. See, there's the problem. The silent majority has been silent for too long. We need to start speaking out. When, when, when people are burning flags, and of course, again, I support people's freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Now, you might get charged for arson, but burning a flag and the expression of that in a peaceful, lawful assembly, that's your right. Don't like it. I'm offended by it, but you're right. Dancing, doing a strip pole dance on a cross, mocking Jesus Christ, don't like it. I'm completely offended by it, utterly offended by it, but it's their right. But you flip the script and you want to have a thin blue flag sitting outside of some place. You want to have a thin blue line flag and now all of a sudden you're offending the community. You want to put an American flag in a classroom, in a college, and now all of a sudden you're offending people and you have to take it down. But none of those people are saying, take that flag down, take that thin blue line flag down, take that American flag down. None of them are commenting on the person doing a pole dance on a cross, mocking Christ. No one. Not a single one of them. Not a single one of those folks screaming to fund the police are saying that's horrible and that's utterly disgusting what that person's doing on that cross. Because if you did it for any other religion, I think the consequences would be severe. That's the challenge we face in our society right now. And it's, it's absolutely by design. See, with the thin blue, see, they can have their perspective of the thin blue line flag, but this is my perspective. There is a thin line between order and chaos. A very thin line. There is a very thin line between freedom and tyranny. And our founding fathers knew that. And they did the best they could to create an experiment with constitutional republic. They did the best they could with a bill of rights. They did the best they could with a declaration of independence to make sure that line was firm between tyranny and freedom. It's a very thin line. When it comes to law and order, there is a very thin line between chaos and law and order. Very thin line. When it comes to actual police officers on the job, on the road, that line's extremely thin, and I mean literally thin. 
when you, when you take the total number of citizens and the total number of people we have to interact with on a daily basis compared to the number of police officers around this country, that line is literally very thin. Now, I know that there's other perspectives on the line, thin blue line of silence, those types of things. But let's just address that for a second. Law enforcement is probably the only profession out there that is constantly under evolution and training to improve training, to improve their policies, to improve the consequences of violating people's rights. We're constantly reevaluating. We're wearing body cameras. I don't see any elected officials wearing body cameras when they're doing their deals behind the scenes. No one, no one that's demanding body cameras is willing to wear a body camera. Our profession is. But let's get back to the flag. It's a very thin line between order and chaos. And on that thin line, this is the key thing. This is the other framework. Again, I'm triangulating. Marine Corps, we were all Marines serving a mission and we were all Americans. That thin blue line in law enforcement represents all of us. Every race, every creed, every sexual orientation, every one of us. And I have worked with phenomenal human beings across that spectrum with no issues, no issues. The only thing I ever considered when I was working with a fellow police officer, I didn't care what their background was, whether they're rich or poor, tall or short. I didn't care what their sexual orientation was, their gender, their race, didn't care. All I cared about is that if we go into harm's way, are we going to take care of each other? Are we going to get ourselves home? Are we going to get ourselves home? Are we going to protect the citizens? Are we going to protect ourselves? Are we going to protect and serve? Are we going to do our job well, both technically and tactically proficient? That's all I ever cared about. Was my, was my partner or partners technically and tactically proficient? Were they professional? And again, we weren't always, we weren't perfect. None of this was perfect. And the irony of both the Marine Corps and law enforcement was that that was the space. It wasn't like it was a utopia. There was, it wasn't perfect. Racism was there or the discussions around racism was there or the racial division was there. But we were the ones, everybody in this country says, we got to have the conversation. We got to have the conversation. We've got to come together, and I agree. But ironically, it was in the Marine Corps and in law enforcement, in that community, that we had those conversations. Deep, real, raw, intimate conversations about those issues. I could listen to my partners and hear with empathy what was going on. I could hear when one of my fellow black officers was stopped by the police officer off-duty and hear what was going on and hear it. But every one of us, we realized that wasn't always systemic. It was somebody, some ignorant human being that was acting racist. It was an ignorant human being. That's what we, and we realized who we were, what we stood for, where we stood as human beings. We stood as police officers. We stood as sworn police officers, sworn to the Constitution, and we stood as Americans together. We stood on that thin blue line together, and we could grow and expand together. That's what we knew. Was it perfect? Of course it's not perfect. We're all human beings. We all have our biases. We all have things going on, we all have our backgrounds, but for the most part, a good portion of the time, we united together and we, we did our job and we do our job and the people are still doing their job despite this, this, the calls for defund the police. Ironically, some of those calls come from people from other countries like Somalia. That's rich. That, that's just comical. That somebody from Somalia is going to tell us how to run our police departments and somebody from Somalia is going to tell Americans how to live in a civilized way in a constitutional republic, a country full of warlords, and, and, th and that person thinks they have the, the standing to tell us how to run our country. Interesting. But again, I think that those forces are outside of us, 
that want to tear our country down. I mean, I'll just say this statement, and I'm going to probably trigger a few people. Make America great again. What's wrong with that statement? I love America to be great. I think America is the greatest experiment in the history of the world. I think America is the greatest country in the history of the world. I think that America has done a, a considerable amount of contribution to the world, both charity, service. We fought two wars. We have a phenomenal history. And we have some stuff that we have to heal from and grow from. and we have, But we all do. Make America great again. But let's just say you have a relationship. Let's say, and you talk to your significant partner. Let's make our relationship great again. What's the problem with that? See, most of us, if we're in relationship, we have made horrible mistakes. In our lives, we've made horrible mistakes. And through Jesus Christ and God, you can actually get to salvation and you can be a new creation and heal from that. But imagine being in a relationship with God or in a relationship with your spouse or your partner where your mistake is constantly held over your head. You can never be free from it. No matter how much growth, no matter how much progression, no matter how much forgiveness, no matter how much you have moved forward, no matter how much training, knowledge, and experience you've gathered, no matter how much progress you've made in life in the relationship or just being a human being, you can never get out from underneath of your past horrible mistake. Now, none of us would tolerate that. We would end that relationship, right? We would end it. If that person held that mistake over your head all the time, you would end that relationship. So the folks that want to think that America's horrible, why don't you end the relationship? Why don't you go? There's plenty of other options in the world. You could find some other options in the world. I don't need to list them right now. I think that they're obvious. Go try them out. Go try some of those countries out where the, where the train marks the star. Go try it out. See how, how it works out for you. But for those that think America's great, let's keep growing. Let's keep expanding. Let's keep going. So, I triangulated with the Marine Corps. I realized that we were all Marines under a common mission. I've triangulated with law enforcement, where I know that I am, am capable of working with all types of human beings from every walk of life, every, every background possible. Race, gender, orientation, it doesn't matter. Age, old, young, we all served well, and we all served well together protecting and serving our communities, the citizens. On any given day, even on any given day, I don't know what the number of contacts across the country is, but on any given day, there's hundreds of thousands of contacts with, with citizens that are go positive, that are peaceful, and go well. Don't believe me, do your own research with the FBI. But you would think, if you believe the narrative, there's a shooting every day and there's freaking people dying on every street corner by police. Not factual, not true. It's not the truth, it's not the whole truth, and it's nothing but the truth. Go to the FBI, do your own statistics, go do your own research. But the same people screaming that will, will ignore the homicide rate in Chicago, in New York, in Baltimore, Los Angeles, San Francisco. They'll ignore the homeless rate. They'll ignore all the chaos and all the crime, all the violent crime. They'll ignore the mobs that are attacking cities. They'll ignore all that because they want to have the narrative of tearing down the police so they can tear down this great country. And there's nefarious reasons for it. And we don't have time to go into today. Do your own research. But the final leg of the triangulation, right? If, what is truth? I want to triangulate truth. I've triangulated with my training knowledge experience in the Marine Corps and in law enforcement that we all can blend as human beings and serve and honor each other. The final one was my uncle. My uncle was Joyous Campbell. He was featured in the movie Remember the Titans, and he was played by Wood Harris. And in that movie, obviously, they have this football team that goes on to have tremendous success, and they highlight the fact that this team was unified in the end. 
They rose above the race, racial division and they, they unified in the end. And I remember asking my uncle, like, what was the point? Like, what was the point that you all decided to do that? And he looked at me and said, it was a really simple answer. I think this is where we all need to get to. Enough is enough. They had enough. They had enough of the racial division. They had enough. And I'm calling out to people that it's time for us to be done with it, to have enough, to make a choice that we are Americans. Or for me, for example, I know in my faith that we are children of God. We are created in the image of God. We are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. Do your own research. Google that statement. We are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. When we speak things like I am, we create. We create exponentially. We, we, we all have children. We all have the same, for the most part, have the same desires. We want to be happy. We want, hey, here it is. In our, in, our, in our Constitution, in our life, in our Declaration of Independence, right? we want the ability in this country, we want to be able to pursue life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's what we all ultimately want. You know, Martin Luther King had a dream where we would be judged by the content of our character. And of course, if you go back to my one podcast, I know he was speaking truth because they canceled him. Worse than that, they killed him. So his message and his dream and what he was speaking to was truth. Martin Luther King was speaking truth, and we know why. But I do believe that we're wonderfully and fearfully made, created in the image of God, and that we have very similar desires. We want to raise families. We want to be educated. We want careers that are, are prosperous. We want careers that are fulfilling. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want to travel. We want to do things a lot of times that are very similar. Oh, by the way, we breathe the same air. We bleed red. We're probably, I think if you get into the DNA, we're less than, I can't even know the percentage, like the deviation between us is, is infinitesimally small the deviation between us when it gets to our DNA but if you listen to the narrative and you listen to people screaming you would think that man this is chaos at, at the max you would think that people are running around every day in this world and we just can't get along but again my third point of triangulation I have the Marine Corps my experiences in that my experiences with the law enforcement where we all unite and there it is on a football field with Julius Campbell in the 1970s, here's this team rising above racial division, probably when it was really some of the worst. Alexandria, Virginia was probably off the charts. The racism and the oppression was off the charts during that time period. And this football team still rose above the racial division to unite with a common purpose and a common dream and to unite together as brothers on the field, as brothers. Just like in the Marine Corps, I united with my brothers and sisters as fellow Marines. And just like in law enforcement, I united with my fellow brothers and sisters to go out and protect and serve our great country, our communities, our fellow citizens, the people we love, and, and protect each other and to care for each other. And we still do that. It is a band of brothers, a band of sisters. It is absolutely that in those environments. And they are completely possible in our country. And it was completely possible with the Titans, the TC Titans in Alexandria, Virginia in the 1970s. Unfortunately, my, my uncle passed away in 2019 and I was asked to write something for him. I didn't realize I'd end up uh, speaking at his celebration of life, but this was the thing I wrote up and I'd like to end with this. I'd like to bring it all home with this because I believe it's, there's going to be a time for us to stand. I believe that we're going to have to stand, and I believe we're going to have to stand for each other as Americans. I do believe it's coming. 
we're going to have to make a choice because there are people that want to tear down America, leave no doubt. And I believe all of us, every race, every creed, every sexual orientation, all of us are going to have to decide to unite as Americans because we choose to live free and we choose to live a life where we can pursue that life, that liberty, and that pursuit of happiness together. And we can grow and expand. We can have the conversations. But this is what I read at my uncle's celebration of life. Strong side. A celebration of Joyous Campbell. A 71 original Titan. Number 81. Dear Julius, we celebrate you and your mighty brotherhood formed on a field in the fall. We honor a brotherhood in a community of people who championed a possibility. A possibility that rose in the midst of adversity, bitterness, and hate. In the midst of chaos. A possibility exemplified in, the, in a reverend's dream. An American dream. A reality that Martin Luther King Jr. dreamed we would live up to one day. One where we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. A moment in time where our little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Let me say that one more time. One day we will live in a country where our children will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Uncle Julius, you and your brother stood as champions on the strong side of humanity. You stood for the possibility and expansion of love and harmony, the practice of brotherly love on the field of competition, in community, and beyond. While it is often easy to say we remember, we know it's much more difficult to stand in the space that you stood long ago, in a divided community and a nation. While it is important to always remember, you showed us it's equally important to stand on the strong side to always stand for the possibility and reality of love, mutual respect, and harmony. Uncle Julius, please confidently know that you and your fellow Titans have passed the football, passed the torch, and passed the light that now shines upon families and communities. It shines in homes, corporations, teams, government, communities, and our great nation. It ripples through time and space in the hearts of all those that you have touched all those who stand on the strong side of humanity. We stand confidently in faith as the good Psalm 91 sings, though a thousand fall at our side, though 10,000 are dying around us, these evils will not touch us. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. And those that stand on the strong side love God and each other as the Creator loves us. And just, again, I want to point this back to all glory be to God. And those that stand on the strong side love God and each other as the Creator loves us. Your stand flows through the hearts of those who continue to stand on the strong side. And in the light of the Word of God, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When I think of the Titans, the strong side, and your influence in our lives, Uncle Julius, it is all of those things, blessed with love, strength, beauty, and peace. We will always remember the Titans, 
and we will stand on the strong side with number 81, respectfully in love and honor, still standing your nephew, David Talent. Again, I think where we're at, and this is just something that we need to understand, and I don't think we're getting away from it, is that we are in a battle. And I think we're going to have to make a choice to stand. I would stand on the strong side. Because I know the battle, if I listen to the word, and it is written in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, that we have to be strong in this battle. It starts with, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breath, breath plate, breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people, all the Lord's people. So here it is. Even the word of God says, stand firm with the belt of truth. Again, what is truth? Triangulate. Figure it out. So I leave us with some questions today. And I'll keep the positive ones, right? Because I know there's all kinds of ones I could say that could do the opposite side of the question. But today, where in our lives... Can we stand for the strong side, for love, for mutual respect, for harmony, racial harmony? Where can we stand for the strong side of humanity? Where can we stand for love, mutual respect, and harmony? Where can we stand for brotherly and sisterly love in our lives? Take a step back. Investigate your life. Look at your life. Despite all the chaos in the world and and all the narratives out there, where in our life do we actually see love, mutual respect, and harmony. Where do we see it? Let's find the evidence. It's there. Where in our life do we see the evidence of brotherly love, sisterly love, love for human beings, love for the strong side of humanity, love for each other? Where do we see it? And then finally, where are we going to stand? When that call comes, where are we going to stand? As Americans, united, Because I will say this, I know there's a lot of debate out there in what people identify as. What's your identity? I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I will finish with this. My identity, what I identify myself as, is a child of God, as a peacemaker, as a son of God. That's what I identify myself, as a man in faith in Christ. I identify myself as standing in Christ. I stand in following Jesus Christ as my champion and my savior. I stand as my identity, my pronouns, American, abbreviated USA. That's my identity. And I will always stand for the strong side of humanity, which is a constitutional republic, which is the Constitution of the United States, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I stand for our Declaration of Independence that our founding fathers declared 
against tyranny. And I stand for that for every American citizen, no matter what race, no matter what creed, no matter what background, I stand for all Americans to live a life of liberty and the pursuit of happiness, a life of freedom. That's what I stand for. That's what I identify with. So ultimately, where do we stand? And that question, I think, is going to be eventually forced upon us. Where do we stand? Until the next time, peace and blessings. Until the next time we're together, keep rising and rise again. Continue to rise as we transform through the new of our minds. Continue to seek all things true and all things free. Continue to seek that clarity in every area of our life. Remember to find the good, find the peace, find the blessings in your life, and all the things that we're grateful for. Most importantly, all glory be to God and the way, the truth, and the life in Jesus Christ.